I think data is really a lifeline of the organizations. Organizations that understand how to monetize data will be able to get ahead of the competitions through their digital transformations. Welcome to the Data Chief. Joining Cindy on today's episode is Max Chan. Max is the CIO of Avnet, where he's headed IT solutions and digital transformation initiatives since 2013. Max and Cindy discuss Avnet's long, nearly 100-year history, digital transformation and innovation in IT, why the companies that leverage data for insights are miles ahead of the pack, and Max shares some of the strategies he's used to keep his team sharp in today's fast-paced technology landscape. Chief is presented by our friends at ThoughtSpot. ThoughtSpot makes it easy for you to use search and AI to analyze your company's data. Lightning fast. Business people at companies like Walmart, Hulu, and 7-Eleven use ThoughtSpot to quickly uncover new insights and turn them into action. And you can too. Learn more at ThoughtSpot.com. This week, I am so happy to be joined with Max Chan, CIO of Avnet. Max, you're a visionary in this space, and it has been such a pleasure to get to know you in the last year. But let's start with Avnet. It's not exactly a household name, is it? No. Interestingly, um, Avnet has been uh, a company for the last 99 years, we are really looking forward to celebrating our 100-year anniversary. Avnet, um, in short, is a technology distributor, one of the largest in the world. And in the last three, four years, what we have been doing is um, transforming ourselves to expand the business beyond just distribution to be a technology solution provider, specifically in the Internet of Things space. Even though Avnet is not a household name and you've been around for 100 years, it sounds like you're really telling us in a way all users are touched by Avnet. Did I get that right? Absolutely. Uh, We distribute... um, various technology components. I think for many people, you would be familiar with uh, your iPhone charging connector, the lightning uh, charging connector. The chips inside is one of the um, components that we would distribute. Other than that, we would uh, distribute uh, technology, including a communication gateway, a sensor that you would put into um, uh, your IoT-type devices, that ultimately would be transmitting data uh, as well as uh, other information into the gateway and into the cloud. Okay, so Max, now that you've described what Avnet does, I'm picturing that you're all over my house, really. We've got our iPhone chargers in one room. We've got sensors from meters in another room. So it sounds like it's the biggest company that should be a household name, powering a lot of what goes on in tech. Is that right? Absolutely. But, you know, in fact, we we are a big name for people in the industry. Many of the folks in the technology space would know Avnet as their household name, but 
again, uh, we are not white boxes. Uh, we don't have brands that you would see showing up in your, in your living room. However, that being said, we are starting to deliver integrated uh, solutions that is AppNet branded, uh, especially in the IoT space. And I believe that uh, in the coming years, you'll probably see more and more of those uh, devices popping up in the market. And you've been at AvNet a long time. So first off, I understand congratulations are in order. You, you know, interestingly, I've only been at AvNet for slightly over seven years. And if I look at, you know, many of my colleagues uh, in the organizations, I have people celebrating 35 years at AvNet. I have quite a number of uh, people who has been in the organization for the last 15 to 25 years. So, you know, sometimes I think of myself as a, a newbie still uh, at AvNet. I assume when you say congratulations uh, in, in order, uh, you're referring to some of the recent awards that... Uh, I was feeling very honored uh, to, to have won. However, all those awards would not have been uh, possible if not for the dedication of the entire team and uh, the great opportunity that Avnet has offered me to be able to drive technology to enable business uh, achieving their goals in so many different ways. Yes. So Max, you're already being so humble. I was referring to your CIO of the year award. And it's interesting. You say to me, you haven't been in this role or been at Avnet that long. But when I talk to many data leaders, data chiefs, this role has a lot of churn. In fact, most have only been in the role maybe two years, three years. Tell me about how you are using data to take Avnet forward as digital transformation is such a hot topic. First of all, I think data is really a lifeline of the organizations and any organizations who understand how to leverage data and sorry for using the term, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Organizations that un understand how to monetize data, right? will be able to get ahead of the competitions through their digital transformations. And, and let me just get into what that truly means uh, from an FNet perspective. I was talking about uh, FNet has been ar around for the last 99 years, and um, we actually have been building um, our existing uh, system architecture and landscape uh, in the last 25 years. You can imagine through that many years, right, the amount of data that is generated. It's also interesting that being a technology distributor, right, we basically connect the entire value chain of the industry from the upstream of the supplier all the way to our customers that subsequently flow into the living room of end users. Yeah, our living room. Our yeah. <laughs> by everyone, yeah. right? And that the amount of data generated through our sourcing, through our material uh, management, through our point of sales and everything in between, coupled with industry-related or market-related or even environmental-related data, right? Being able to see how that is impacting a certain change in the business and helping us to be able to make the right decisions when we are placing an order or when we are quoting a particular component to a customer could mean 
making a profit or making a loss, right? And that is just from an internal perspective, not mentioning the wealth of information if by turning into insight, the value that it can create to our, our supplier as well as the customer who could leverage such data for their manufacturing, for their production schedule, for their volume, uh, how they flex up and downs, etc. right? Those informations would help Avnet add value to people that we work with across uh, the entire value chain. And this is just scratching the surface of what that data means to us from a digital transformation perspective. But Talking about digital transformation, taking it a step further because of the wealth of data that we can leverage, right? Ability to, to deliver digital capabilities or functionalities to our customers or our partners, allowing them to determine how they can place the right order at the right time to Fnet and subsequently get what they need in time to be able to make that promotions or that, that campaign that they are driving in ultimately uh, increase that profitability for the customers. You see, so there is just unbelievable opportunities out there for organizations who can leverage data properly. So you're thinking not only about data that you create internally, but how your external customers can leverage that data. Is that right? Absolutely. And so is this new thinking or you said the company's been around, a lot of tech built up in the last 25 years, but how has that thinking changed in the last few years? I think that thinking, uh, we first had that idea about I think more than five years ago, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I would say that uh, for as long as uh, I've been with the company, we have been talking about our ability to leverage uh, the wealth of data that we sit on, right? It's only the last few years where we see new technologies, AI, ML capabilities, cloud, uh, et cetera, and the the increased uh, compute power, the decrease in, in, in storage uh, costs, et cetera, that allowed us to truly tap on those abilities, right? Mm. Take, for example, trying to go down that path five, eight years ago would mean a lot of effort and work really focusing on building the right model, the right queries, et cetera, the data warehouse, the data mart. Today, we are able to leverage technology like what we are working, uh, working on with uh, ThoughtSpot, uh, allowing us to develop data set that by leveraging artificial intelligence, generating insight dashboard uh, report uh, on the fly, as opposed to having people working day and night to, to come up with, with what questions need to be answered, right? So right. that is just an example of, of a lot of different technology out there that we see today uh, that allow us to, to make this into a reality as opposed to what it used to be five to eight years ago. Yeah. So I'm hearing a lot of technical changes. I, I he- I'm hearing you saying you were talking about it, now actually doing it. What's been the role of people or change in leadership or culture that has enabled you to execute on this vision? There are 
quite a huge change. First of all, uh, we decided to transform the organization, right? We started to, to move away from the distribution mindset to how we can fully looking at being a solution provider, right? That change in mindset and culture uh, is truly key uh, for us to rethink how do we add value in everything that we do within our value chain or our industry, right? And that also uh, allowed us to look at new service capabilities while focusing a lot on the legacy, the history, the foundation that we built upon. Combining those two, the new and the old, is what helped the transformations be uh, successful in our mind. So there are a lot of changes that went into that. Yeah. So combining the old and the new. Now, some people would say to me, look, we've built up a data team that's 20 years old. People just want to write reports and build a data warehouse. And they feel threatened by some of these changes, whether it's AI or the cloud even. So how have you combined both the old and the new? You know, that's a great question. Um, in fact, uh, when we first started this journey about five years ago, right, we spent quite a few years trying to do it internally, trying to, to upscale the team to better understand the new capabilities uh, and technology that is out there. Unfortunately, that takes a long, long time to get to where we want to be. So, through the transformation that I was just talking about a bit earlier, we started to bring in uh, new thought leaders in the space who have already gone down that path. Uh, we brought in data scientists, etc., and basically cross-pollinate the team to be able to help the existing team appreciate what new technology can bring and how we can actually bring the understanding of what is in the environment and how we can better leverage new technology to create insight that we weren't able to do at the speed that we are able to do today. Right. So that's great. So bringing in outside change agents, mm -hmm. have people embraced that or is that terrified the people that have been there a long time? It's both. Uh, it started with uh, people feeling terrified, uh, but in every team building uh, uh, cycle, right? Over time, when people start seeing that the new technology is actually adding capabilities that we did not have and what additional things that they can do with the new skill that uh, they acquired, it took off fairly quickly, right? Uh, it's really that chasm that, that you need to help people cross internally. I mean, uh, it did take us quite some time for us to cross that chasm with the team. Yeah. So was there anything specific that you and the leadership did to help people cross that chasm? Was it specific upskilling? Was it incentives? Or how do you get people excited about this next wave? It's really um, the upskilling. It's really helping the team understand that this is not a either or scenario. We are not here to replace that skill set that they possess. Because um, one thing that I continue to, to remind my team who have been around for many years, right, 
is what differentiates them from the expert that we can find uh, externally. The external expert may be very, very attuned to new technology. The internal team has a wealth of knowledge of what the business is about, what we are trying to achieve from a business standpoint. If we were to transform, how do we bring the old and the new together, etc. Right. So, mm. so I think that marriage really what opens their eyes, and as soon as they see that their positions is not threatened, they are really adding capabilities to what they are doing day to day. The uptake just shot up. Yeah, that's that's good. A lot of change, bringing people along. You and I once were talking about this quote that that I love. Jack, Jack Welch said, "If the rate of change on the outside exceeds the rate of change on the inside, the end is near." What is your view of this, and how do you make sure that Avnet keeps innovating at the pace required to survive? You know. Um, I, I think that is very true. Obviously, Jack Welch, thought leader in that space and business guru, right, uh, to many of us. A- at the end of the day, especially in this time and age, change is the only constant. It's inevitable. And we recognize the, the speed of new technology, emerging technology popping up uh, is so quick to the extent that, I mean, I'm sure you are the same, uh, Cindy, but the number of um, emails from companies that I've never heard of every day continues to power into our inbox, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so what we are doing internally uh, at AFNAT is that um, we continue to look at how we can drive simplification and uh, modernization uh, of our IT environment. And in order for us to achieve that, we actually um, started to, to create um, or put together, we call it the, the innovation team, right? It is a, a short-term assignment for the entire team of where we pick the right representatives specific to a particular topic. They would work within this innovation team for a period of, let's say, 12 to uh, 16 weeks. There's a particular topic like, let's say, coding as a differentiator, right? They would look at the internal situations, our current landscape, the problem that we are trying to solve, and look around uh, the industry to see who is best in class, what technology that is out there that can help us address that particular domain area and ultimately drive uh, modernizations by adopting new emerging technologies through a structured proof of concept uh, exercise and whatever result that come out of it, they would then present it back to the executive team on their findings. And if that gets uh, approved, gets put into productions where we then can roll it out to the organizations. And we, we organize a, a new team, two or three of such team on a yearly basis to go out and scan for technology by working with partners, working with uh, venture capital, uh, VC organizations, et cetera. 
So Max, I love this idea of an innovation team. Now you talked about how they cycle through. So after the 12 to 16 weeks, what happens then? Do they just go back to, I hate to say it, but their boring day job, business as usual, or what happens after? The idea, um, Cindy, is for the team to go back to their job. And Trust me, it's not boring. <laughs> okay, right, I know, sorry, yes. No, you power um, the world, it's not boring. <laughs> but, but here's the thing, uh, we, we wanted um, innovations uh, to be ingrained in everyone's mindset and culture. So cycling them through will help us get more people exposed to this entire exercise and process. And they also know, depending on uh, their background and, and functional uh, expertise, right, they could potentially be put onto the team again fairly quickly or maybe sometime down the road. Yeah. This is key and this is intentional for us simply because we do not want people to think that there is a cool and sexy innovation team right over there doing all the fun stuff while the rest of us uh, are really focusing on keeping the lights on for the organization, right? Yeah. So, so that is really the intention of cycling people through the process. Now, we also have uh, new capabilities and technology being rolled out to the entire team. So they actually being encouraged to then start working on site projects that that they are passionate about, right, with tools that we made available to them. So on top of the day-to-day operation delivery uh, role that they, they hold, right, they can also take on a site project that is more innovative in nature, even though they are not part of that innovation group uh, at that particular time. So Max, as you have been thinking about your change in role, there's keeping the lights on, but now there's innovating and having data as part of every element of that. How have you been getting the message out across Avnet on this change? That's a great question, Cindy. Uh, What we did when we started the IT transformation, right, uh, is that we define IT services as like a three-step structure, right? At the bottom is really the foundations where you deliver operation support. Uh, You would be focusing on the IT compliance and securities and controls and everything. So so that is the the first level uh, of IT services. Now, as you go up to that next step, it's really focusing on creating value for the business. And last but not least, uh, the third level uh, is essentially driving innovation, becoming an innovation anticipator, working with uh, emerging technology to drive modernization in our landscape. When we went out to, to, to share that vision uh, with the organizations, we were very clear that, okay, we want to take the day-to-day mundane effort uh, of keeping the lights on, focusing on compliance and controls, and outsource it to our strategic partner. In doing so, we are able to free up capacity uh, and resources to focus more on creating business value and innovation. We went on a roadshow to, to share with all the different stakeholders, including IT team, 
to explain to them how this is going to help them progress up the IT service uh, value chain, but it also free up capacity within the IT organization so that we can truly be the one that is driving value to the business and at the same time looking at how we can drive innovations and adopt emerging technology to help modernize and simplify our our environment. Yeah, so really shifting the mindset, it sounds like. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's... it's <laughs> sometimes there you, you'll come across uh, people who have been doing the same thing for, for, for many, many years and want to continue to do that. But helping them be aware uh, and show them how they can actually benefit from, from this change, this transformation uh, is key. Great. So ha- have you found that most of the people are now excited? They're they're on this ride with you, this thrilling transformation ride, or have you lost have you lost some people along the way? I think both, but uh, interestingly, uh, in our our last global town hall, the feedback that we have gotten is that uh, people are very excited. People are inquiring what is the next innovation subject that we are going to embark on, how they can participate uh, in the next uh, cycle, etc. So people are generally very excited after seeing uh, the last uh, 15, 16 months unfold itself since we started this transformation journey. Naturally, along the way, we have people who decided that this is not the work, the body of work that they want to get involved in. They want to continue to focus on technology, which um, they are very good in, and continue to to pursue that. Then we just have to uh, respect those decisions. So if you think back, the pace of change is accelerated. You've transitioned Avnet from technology to business value. If you could give yourself your younger self advice, or if you look back five years ago, what do you wish you had done differently or sooner, perhaps? Apart from telling myself that I should buy Tesla and uh, Apple (laughs) stock earlier. Uh, well, do you drive a Tesla? You know, I'm from New Jersey. I only recently saw a Tesla live in California. Um, they're kind of not real out here. I I do, and uh, I'm I'm enjoying it. Uh, okay, very it, good. Uh, I, I'm going to find it very hard not to go back. <laughs> uh, no, I, it's very hard uh, to to go back to anything else. Okay, well, now for for the listeners that really follow Tesla, I'm going to have to ask you the make and model. Go ahead. No, it's, it's, it's just a very modest uh, Model 3. I was actually looking for a smaller car at that time uh, to bring me to work uh, on a daily basis. Well, so, I have a Mini so. Cooper. I don't know that it gets much <laughs> smaller than that. I don't think you would fit in my Mini Cooper because you're... I think you're six foot five, six foot four. Is that right? No, only six three. <laughs> only six three. Okay, my my husband and son are six four, so I figured yeah. you were about the same. Yeah, they don't fit in the Mini Cooper, but okay. So go go, go back. You would invest in these stocks earlier. <laughs> um, what other advice would you give your younger self on this journey? I think uh, I would tell myself um, to really have that iterative mindset much earlier. Go in and, and, and try new things. And if it does not work, let's fail fast and move on to something else. Technology 
is going to get there very quickly to allow us to be able to to do that. And if you can truly adopt that, uh, you can really realize value to the business much quicker. I also would tell myself that, hey, the monolithic system mindset would pass very quickly and should not think about putting all the eggs in the basket uh, forever because uh, there are going to be technology that, that could do the same thing quicker, better that you would adopt and uh, rejecting it is just going to delay uh, how we can actually bring value to the, to the organization. Yeah, so so well said. Fail fast. Uh, I think state of the art is changing faster and faster. Oh, yeah, for sure. So Max, you started this interview by thanking your team. And we like to talk about gratitude. So I'm going to ask you, um, if you think beyond just the traditional answer, what are you grateful for your health, your family, your friends, your work? What are you grateful for? Now that you you you, you put a a, a, <laughs> I ruled out the canned answer. You yeah. ruled out the canned answer. Um, you know, I, I, I think um, throughout my entire career, one thing that I'm truly grateful for is when I was two, three years into the workforce, I decided to pack my bag and, and leave the place I was born. And since then, I have lived in various places around the States. I have had the opportunity to live and work in um, Europe uh, for three years and multiple countries for up to 20 years around Asia. Those experience is truly valuable to me, helped me to be the person that I am today and and the appreciation uh, for the diversity and the differences, uh, the the very different way of working, helping me to be more inclusive while being able to do what I do, still have the the roots that uh, I carry with me along with the experience uh, that I have gained through those uh, various uh, experiences around the globe. Yeah, that's so beautifully said, Max. And we've never even spoken about that. I think you know I care a lot about diversity mm-hmm. in tech and in data, because mm-hmm. I worry when we don't have that, that the implications of biases at scale, when we bring in AI, it, it's a huge, huge risk. So where where is home for you now? Home is in Phoenix, Arizona. In Phoenix, <laughs> Arizona, yes. But you've traveled the world um, and lucky yeah. to do so. You, you, you know, and, and one other thing that I would, would give an advice to all the young, younger listeners out there is when you have the opportunity, don't think too much. If you think that that is what you want to do and the time is right, just go ahead, pack your bag and go for it because you are going to thank yourself uh, many years later. Oh my gosh. Now we now we have to have a funny conversation offline. But with that, I'll say Max Chan, CIO of Avnet, thank you so much for joining us. No, oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, it was hopefully it was fun for you because it was I'm having so much fun here. It was definitely fun. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Data Chief. To learn more about today's guest, recommend a future guest, or listen to more of the show, 
head over to thedatachief.com. If you have questions for Cindy or comments about the episode, give her a shout on Twitter at BI Scorecard. The Data Chief is brought to you by our friends at ThoughtSpot. Searching through your company's data for insights doesn't have to be complicated. ThoughtSpot makes it easy. With ThoughtSpot, anyone in your organization can easily answer their own data questions, find facts, and make better, faster decisions. Learn more at ThoughtSpot.com. The Data Chief is presented by our friends at ThoughtSpot, the modern analytics cloud company. ThoughtSpot makes it easy for anyone to analyze your company's data with search and AI. Business people at companies like Verizon, CVS, Amazon, Afterpay, OpenTable, and T-Mobile use ThoughtSpot to quickly uncover new insights and turn them into action. And you can learn more at ThoughtSpot.com.